Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. So I think one of the interesting things to kind of look at is right now we're in the midst of what is the worst offensive start to a baseball season in Major League Baseball history. Hitters are hitting for, I think, the worst collective average they've ever hit for so far at this point of the season. And part of that is is that you're looking at the game has evolved, the pitchers have gotten better, they use more of them, and then you have the defensive shift has come in that has taken away a lot of the intermediary hits. So you see guys going for just, well, I'll just hit it over them. Nobody can shift on me if I just hit it out of the ballpark. But I think one of the things you're going to lose because of this is the 200-hit season. Um, you know, I... <laughs> You know, I like to do, um, we do a trivia thing um, on Tuesdays. And so this week, in trying to tease out this episode, I came up with a uh, a trivia question. <laughs> I have to admit, I got it wrong. And the reason I got it wrong is I took the information from this MajorLeagueBaseball.com site, MLB.com, mm-hmm. and it was wrong. So the question I posed uh-huh. was who was the last player since, in 2009, Derek Jeter had t- uh, 200. Uh, over 200 hits uh, and uh, I'll think of the other player two guys had 200 over 200 hits that year that was the last time it happened uh, only one time since I thought in 2014 did another player get 200 hits mm-hmm. okay and so I posed the question I went on the Sabres site and I put it on there and the guys are like I don't understand and I'm like well, what do you mean you don't understand these guys are like I don't understand what your point is and I'm like well what do you mean it's simply the guy the only guy he goes but Whit Merrifield had 200 hits in 2019 and so did Raphael Devers and I'm like what and so i left the major league baseball site and i went to baseballreference.com sure enough so even on the major league website they didn't have this correct the moral of the story is don't use mlb.com as your source apparently and and i was teased by a couple of the guys in saber about yeah of course you don't use that as a site which is just really kind of embarrassing um so the point is that the two guys did it in the last full season. So I would have agreed with you to start that thought process going, okay, with the shift and all that, are you not going to get there? Um, but, but guys can get there. But guys can get there. And so that surprised me, actually, because I was about to make this grand point that it hasn't happened in seven years. And, you know, it, that's it, not and the then case. you get two, but I think it still shows that it is a, an endangered species. Right, because it didn't happen from 2014 to 2019, so five straight years. And that's a, about the longest stretch that I saw. And, and certainly right now, it doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. Not in this season. And you mentioned, you know, the the poor offense this year. Um, and I heard a joke today. Uh, pitchers are hitting a collective 105 this year in, in the major leagues. Uh, and uh, Matt Carpenter of the St. Louis Cardinals is hitting 111. So the, the posed question was, who will end up with a better average this season, Matt Carpenter or, or the pitchers collective pitchers? <laughs> I would assume Matt Carpenter, and I think certainly both we and the Cardinals are hoping so. And and the guy hit two, two home runs in the game, right? Uh, Yanoa has two home runs mm-hmm. this year, which hasn't happened in uh, a long, long time that a pitcher hit. And again, those are just out outlier performances so yeah uh, is 200 hits uh, an endangered species i think it's going to happen more more infrequently as we've already seen and i mean it it makes sense just because of the way that the game has evolved but also just because defense has gotten better 
Right, right. Uh, actually, that's a it's an interesting point because I, I think about that in in the context of games like hockey and basketball. Right, and in basketball, you've got the same. The court is still. 94 feet long in basketball, right? But the players are so much bigger and they can stride to mid-court, it seems, in two or three strides. There's more people occupying the same space. It's the same in baseball, not as dramatic as the field is bigger. But but it's not like the field dimensions have changed drastically since 1900, I would imagine, for the most part. And if anything, they've gotten smaller. Well, actually, uh, hockey would count there because not every rink is the same size, or that was one of the things about the NHL for years, believe it or not, that some rinks had a little bit. Well, baseball is the only only other sport, major sport that has different dimensions in the stadium, depending on you know where the you they are. made the stadium, yeah. you know, and why they had to do it, and and, and they're they're conscious. And in the new City Field, they put in two thousand nine, they put these little nooks and crannies, and they had to make corrections because there were problems with that. The the point is, is that they have to cover more ground, but the players are faster, bigger. And they cover more ground, and, and they're they better, better at recognizing either. the yeah. ball off the bat. So I, I think you just you probably get certainly less cheapy hits like hits you probably shouldn't have gotten it's probably way harder to get those types of hits well and 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 not only that you made the point you know you're hitting into the shift and you know we, we talk about it all the time on this podcast you know ground balls into right field you know they they get thrown out of first base and we keep saying hey this is an out because the players were stationed there before the pitch was thrown it's like he, it wasn't like he just miraculously appeared in right field he was there the whole time he's, he's not bugs bunny like tunneling underneath the field and popping up to grab the ball like you know he was there in his position so you know it kind of begs the question of why aren't hitters adjusting in that fashion and and that and that's that is my whole point uh that the the hitters are still being paid i or they think they're being paid on the basis of power stats home runs in particular mookie betts got a got that 300 million dollar contract a couple years ago lindor just got a 341 million dollar contract for the mets why do these guys get uh these big contracts well not just because they're great players, that's obvious, and they play defense and they play offenses, these guys can hit for power for as position. well as do all the other, other things. So you have a guy, you have your you have your shortstop and your center fielder in those cases who are going to hit for average, who are actually going to be able to steal some places, bases, play great defense, and they hit for power. Yeah, and the Dodgers obviously have moved bets to right field, which I think devalues him a little bit, you know, because his contribution doing those things as a center fielder is even greater. Correct. So, uh, but... Because they hit, you know, Lindor, when he's going well, he's hitting 28 home runs a year, and Mookie Betts has hit more than 30 a few times. If these guys hit 15 home runs a year, and they did all the other things that they do, would not, they still get, they wouldn't get 300 million? They wouldn't get 300 million. That's the thing. So so this has a an effect, an opinion here, that all the players uh, have to think, okay, well, home runs are how I get the big contract. If I can have that outlier season when I, who was it, Joey Gallo, hits 50 home runs, and all of a sudden he's, you know, a, 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 a big contract People are player, money even though he hits 213 And it certainly tells you something that when you think about it, you know, Pete Rose valued himself as what, the $100,000 singles hitter. Right, right. And, there, and there can't be a lot of those. No, no. It's and, way harder to live that way than to be able to hit the ball with power. And and with all the these advanced analytical stats, it's hard. And, and, and you can go and, and come up with runs created by hitter, right? We have stats like that mm-hmm. and do that. It's just not yet sort of translated, at least the way that I look at, to, hey, what are we really valuing when we value a player? The guy that hits a big home run or the guy who consistently puts up the greatest runs created, maybe he doesn't hit as many home runs as everybody else, but he's overall more efficient. Well, interestingly enough, we actually had the guy that has the single season hit record who's kind of shown us that. Because if 
you remember, there was that one season right. where Ichiro hit like 25 home he, runs. I think he hit 28, and you're right. He said, okay, this year, I'm going to hit home runs. And he hit for lower average. He hit for lower average, but he hit more home runs, and the Mariners were like, this isn't as helpful. And, Go and back he to did the same thing, going, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. And he yeah. just didn't do that anymore. Right, but but that's because he's Ichiro. The Because when you think about it, if you're a major league baseball player, what's easy? If you're going to hit 50 home runs, hitting home runs in about 10% of your bats over the season – or getting hits in 30% of your at-bats over the course of a season. Right. That's way harder. So, you know, you mentioned Ichiro, uh, and you had a great point about Ichiro saying, I guess, that when he he, he got in, uh, into the league, what were you saying? He came in so, – so one of the things is just talks about how good a hitter you have to be to get just kind of over those crazy hit numbers that a guy like Ichiro would get. As he came into the league, and in his 10th game, Ichiro's average got over 300. It never went below 300 for his career average the rest of his career. And, and by the way, this is a guy we talked about who came from Japan who had, you know, a thousand, you know, 1,500 hits in Japan and batted 300 if there he had too. Played, if, he had played, if he had played his entire career in the major leagues, he would be the all-time hit leader. No question. I think he's got the combined – He's got the combined – Record as it, as it stands. And he is also the leader, as with the aforementioned Pete Rose, uh, for most seasons with 200 hits. And I think the impressive thing about Ichiro is he did it consecutively. They both had 10. They both had, but Ichiro did it for 10 consecutive years. 10 straight years. And, and that, I think the first year he came in the league, he had 200 hits, and he, he, he then did it for the next nine after that. Which is just sick. So uh, Ty Cobb has nine, and you get to some of the older names like Paul Wehner, uh, Big Poison versus his brother, Little Poison, Lloyd Wehner, who's not in this list, Lou Gehrig, mm-hmm. uh, which that impressed me. Uh, Lou Gehrig, he was certainly a power hitter, 475 career home but runs. 200 hits you don't do by accident. Uh, Wee Willie Keeler, which uh, we talked about, his claim mm-hmm. to fame is... Hit it where they ain't. Hit it where they ain't. We but, really did that. In the, but you know, he also comes from... What I would affectionately refer to as ancient baseball. Yeah, well, before 1901, and I, I got into a discussion this week also on what modern baseball is with somebody, and it's generally accepted that because the American League started official play in 1901, that that is the beginning of modern baseball. Some people say, well, the American League came from what was going on, going on before. Look. 1901 is what most people well, consider, so we're just going to go with that. Right, exactly, and especially because weren't they really not even playing in stadiums prior to that? They were like in a field more or well, less? Sometimes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So Sometimes, yeah, absolutely. So Derek Jeter is on that list, and, and boy, the more you, more you look at Jeter's career, you know he had 3,400 hits. Yeah, like, Jeter's just the type of player that for whatever reason, something about him as an opposing fan makes you want to downplay his No, you're a Met co- fan. Yeah. <laughs> you're a Met fan, and he's a Yankee. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like all opposing fans – want to like take him down a peg to be like no no he wasn't as good as advertised he kind of was yeah yeah just everything the guy did he keep looking at going wow so he's he wasn't an accumulator but he had consistently good stats for a really really long time i think what's interesting about jeter though is so he did it when he first came up in 98 through 2000 and then for like five years he didn't do it and then he got back to hitting 200 hits again later in his career which is unusual and i think rather interesting so on this list and and it goes down to players that had five uh seasons of 200 hits including the great Tony Gwynn, uh, Kirby Puckett had five seasons uh, at, at 200 hits. Stan Musial. Stan Musial had six. Uh, Michael Young, a player we talked about last time, and, and you know, they're going to have to take a step back going, this guy had six seasons with 200 hits. Yeah, that, that's impressive, Yeah, which is why he wasn't a guy we are really considering as a utility man. The only other guy that's uh, on the list who is not in the Hall of Fame uh, of guys that, well, actually not this list, he's on the... Uh, Single season hit record. Single season. So if you go down, let, 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 let's change gears. So the let's go with 240 hits in a season and above. 240 is a big number. 
Yeah, like you can, you don't really get there by, you know, mistake. You're doing that because you had an unbelievable and, season. And it's an exclusive club, right? You've got 14 players that have had 240 hits in a season or more. And only one person has done it twice. And and only two guys on this list are not in the Hall of Fame. I thought it was one. Uh, and there's the last guy on the list, Darren Erstad of the then uh, Anaheim, Anaheim Angels, Angels right? Because yeah. he played for all the Angels teams, by the way. He played for the California, California Angels, the Anaheim Angels, and the LA Angels. Um, and he had 240 hits in, in the year 2000. The only other guy on the list is Lefty O'Doul, who I remember had this bar in San Francisco, uh, Lefty O'Doul's, that, that was a really fun place to go a long time ago. Uh, Lefty O'Doul barely played. Played um, 11 years in the major leagues, but had 254 hits in 1929. Pretty Um, good. Not a Hall of Famer, though. Not a Hall of Famer. Everybody else, uh, Ichiro, George Sisler, Bill Terry, Al Simmons, Hornsby. Hornsby. Yeah, right. Cobb, Klein, Sisler, Heine Manouche. You know, also a Hall of Fame player. You may not know him as well as some of the others. Babe Herman uh, of the Dodgers and the great Wade Boggs. All these guys had more than two. And, and that's a real dividing line. You get 240 hits. It looks to me like you're more kind of an all-time not, great you're player. probably an all-time Except, except for, for Darren Erstad. Yeah, and Lefty O'Doul. <laughs> well, Lefty O'Doul is closer, I think, it's just because he, he barely played 11 seasons and he just didn't have enough to qualify. So... um so 200 hits, you know, you think about it, you got 162 games. Let's say you play 150 of those games roughly in a season. So you're getting um, a little less than a hit and a half a on game, average. Which is pretty good. Like, like, that means pretty much every time you go out there, which is probably you're hitting around 330 for the season. That's the thing. You got to hit in the – you can't just hit 300. You got to be up there. To get 200 hits, I, that's a great question. I should have dug in and said, who has come the closest to only hitting 300 while still getting – so you would have had to have a zillion at bats. Right, right. So Lance that, Johnston of the of the Mets uh, one year had 200 – and he has the Met record for for hits in a season. And I think he barely hit over 300 that But you season. could only get away with that if you had an absolute ton. So you probably couldn't miss any games. right. Right, and, and maybe you didn't have a great on-base percentage, so you had more official at-bats. Right, you probably didn't walk much. Right, right, right. So, um, yeah, uh, that, I, I think that you know, getting 200 hits um, is still a dividing line between somebody who's had a really good season uh, and somebody who's had you know a, 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 an almost great season, right? 56 times a player has had exactly 200 hits in a season. I'm surprised it's landed on it that, that much. 56 times, that's, you know, um, and... Uh, Randy Velarde, who I remember came up with the Yankees, was a uh, utility player, which <laughs> we, we talked about those kinds of players. Um, he had 200 hits in a season. And the weird thing is he got traded in the middle of the season. So it really struck me as how do you trade a guy who's on course for a 200-hit season? Because He must not have a lot of respect. Yeah, because it's like you have to be hitting pretty good to be getting that many hits to like be in a position. It's not like he got traded and then proceeded to hit 500 the rest of the season. I tried to, to look at like 200 hits. What would be the number of touchdown passes in the NFL that you might say would be equivalent to that kind of a category? So 518 baseball players, which has been around a lot longer than football, uh, have had 200 hits in a season. Um, is it 35 touchdowns? Is it 30 touchdowns? 40, I felt, was too much. Well, interestingly, I think there's a baseball comparison that's actually rather apt. Mm. And that's RBIs in a season. That's also true. Because – Weirdly, this was something that you brought up to me, is the number of players that have had 120 or more RBIs in a season. And so 
it, it's really interesting that 515 players all time have had a season of 120, uh, five, 120 mm-hmm. RBIs or more. And then how many players ha- – 518 players have had 200 hits or more in a season since in that same time frame pretty much. That's interesting. And so – and which do you think would be more valuable and, and can we even make that evaluation? I don't think you can make that evaluation because on the surface I would want to say RBIs. Purely from the perspective of I know runs are scoring. Okay. Now, this I remember you saying that RBIs are the product of the lineup around you and are right. overvalued. They are overvalued. But at the same time, I think in this case, when you're comparing these two statistics against each other, I know with RBIs that means runs are scoring. Whereas within a vacuum, I don't know how valuable that those 200 hits are. And and I I agree with you on that point. And I think the the dividing line is is I wished it would have been a hundred RBI seasons matched up with two hundred hits. It would have been a nice round number thing. Right, but I think if hundred you can get to kind of with right. compiling, you can right. just be in the right place in the light right lineup and not have a particularly impressive season and get there. But one twenty, you're not lucky if you got one twenty. You're probably not getting too lucky to get up there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's a big difference. So um, it's it's interesting to me that you know that we had two. Play- Players do it as recently as 2019. Um, I don't even know who's leading the major leagues in hits right now. Uh, I know a couple of guys have gotten on to off to really good starts, but those guys that were hitting 400 as normally is the case early in the season, they've already kind of gone by the wayside. Um, and th- to be on a pace to get 200 hits against these pitchers right now in this environment, based on what you just said about offense, I basically say I agree with you, and I don't think anybody's going to do it this year. Well, right now. The major league leader in hits. Now, granted, this is according to uh, MLB Baseball, so we don't know exactly how accurate it is. <laughs> right, that's right. But uh, it, the source, folks. Xander Bogarts has 42 for the Red Sox. Okay. And J.D. Martinez for the Red Sox has 41. All right. And any, do you happen to have how many how many games uh, would that be over? Right? So me. the Red Sox have played probably, but 30 games or something like that? Yeah, I'm not sure what they're something record. in that neighborhood. So and it doesn't, and they and, and and they both play for the Red Sox, which makes it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. So if it's 30 ish, and you go that 1.4, that's 42. They're right on pace for a 200 hit season, right? And that that requires them. JD Martinez is not going to get 200 hits. Bogarts, maybe, 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 maybe if he has a year, right? He has his year, right? Right. I mean, that Devers got it for, in 2019 for Boston. Surprised me. I would have not guessed. And Whit Merrifield, when you think Let, about it, it's maybe less surprising faster, just because right? he's a really fast guy. So, like, I think that's also part of the problem is that because of how good the defenses are, you kind of have to be a fast guy because you have to be able to steal hits somewhere in the season. You have to be able to somehow get hits where otherwise you shouldn't be able to get them. But I think it's it's obvious that the the multitude of the 200 hit seasons happened years ago uh and that was because striking out in part was a a bigger issue on particularly for good players we all know the dimaggio story of you know striking out you know 19 times in a season um if you struck out at the time whereas today the strikeout is not nearly as thought of as a negative thing so guys will will do that without worrying about it there was a a pride and so the the power numbers went up and the strikeouts went up i think it also has to just do with if you think about it strikeouts used to be so bad because just putting the ball in play was a pretty viable option because guys would make errors just they weren't as good defenders they didn't have as much range so just putting the ball in play a lot was a lot more valuable whereas now unless you're pretty much getting a clean hit you're not getting a hit 
So it doesn't really matter if you're striking out or not. I think there's evidence, uh, strong evidence that says that, you know, that the average routine play is made at a higher percentage rate today than it ever has in Major League Baseball. You hit a ground ball anywhere to shortstop for the most part, you're out. Yeah. So you're not going to get, you know, too many uh, comparatively the way that it used to be. Right. Where where the guy's a little slow with the transfer and you beat it out or, you know, you, you hit the seeing, you don't get as many seeing eye singles. You got to kind of rip the ball through the hole now. Yeah, and 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 basically what we advocate on on this podcast is that players are, are going to have to make adjustments to hit the ball the other way and you you're maybe seeing it upon occasion but the data doesn't back that up right now because we're we're still in the What's strikeout it, zone. What it's going to take is a team pulling like a 2015 Royals where they're like, "You know what? All the other teams are just trying to hit the long ball." We're going to play small ball, work station to station, run a lot, hit and run. Some team is going to have to go, okay, you know what? Forget the power. Just hit it into the shift the opposite direction. Yeah, as a team, as a team? As a team. Mm-hmm. Because I think one guy doing it, it will be hard. You would have to, it has to be a collective thing so that you can see the clear difference because otherwise there's too much chance for variance that like, oh, he tries to hit it the other way and the pitchers just don't give him a chance to. You know, if it were a few years ago, five years ago, I, I, I thought of Joe Madden as that kind of manager who would sort of take these outlier positions and try to go with it. And he's managing, um, in, in, uh, Los Angeles now. Um, and he is, uh, you know, uh, got Trout, and he's got and Trout's hitting three eighty five this season. Uh, you know, so these guys are not going to be hitting the ball the other way. That's <laughs> also the problem is that you have to convince your superstars to be like, no, don't hit the long ball. Right, and can't you do it situationally though? I mean, there is a time to come up and say, I need a jack here. Let's try to take the ball out of the ballpark given the circumstance. Isn't there also going to be equal amount of times or maybe more where I can say, you know what? Just poking the ball the other way where they're not playing me. And and you're seeing teams um, start uh, to do that start and start to shift. I, I saw against Alonso, you know, after he started hitting the ball into right center, you know, the game the other night, they had the guys positioned in right center. They were not playing the shift on him uh, the way they normally would because he had started to take advantage of hitting it where they and, and so you'll see teams get forced out of the shift because hitters are going to adjust i think that what's going to be is you're going to have the issue of, of what are hitters going to be more stubborn on hitting it like like adjusting to the shift or like trying to just keep doing what they're doing it's going to be on them to be like no this makes sense for me and so at first it might be a strategic thing and then all you have to do is do it enough where they're like, well, we really can't afford to just right, give up a right. freebie base hit here. One of the earlier abstracts I, I read in Bill James was about David Ortiz. And, you know, David Ortiz, who if he they said if he only had bunted to the left side against the shift because he played against the shift for a good part of his career, um, that would have raised his average like, 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 like a significant amount simply because the defense would have had to play him differently, not necessarily having to hit it down there. Yeah, that you don't often. need just the threat of it. To, to use a bad basketball analogy, analogy as Nick fans it's like with Alfred Payton and hit him hitting threes like if he could just show that he could occasionally do it you actually would have to guard him out you'd there. actually have to guard him out there so the, all the hitters the hitters don't need to hit into the shift every time they just need to show they're good enough as a threat to do it where you have to make a real tactical choice as a team to say are we comfortable up just giving up a base hit here in order to make sure he doesn't try and drive the ball into his power alleys I, I, I get I get maybe I'm, I'm naive I'm sure I am but the the idea that the, the when you sit down for your contract with the team and you say, okay, well, you know, I had 207 hits last year. That's nice. You know, no, no. right. I had 35 homers last year, you know? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and that's just 
wrong. But it's also <laughs> so. And, and for, but from a player perspective, it's also much easier. Sure. Because think about it, if you if you have to be a fifty home run guy, you're gonna do it in ten percent of your at bats. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're you know if you're that player, you're Andrew Jones, right? He had a lot of money if you're Andrew Jones. Yeah, yeah. He got a lot of money, and and he was he is a as we call him a true almost guy. You know, you might even be over the top. You know, at that because I, I think of his defense. He's the kind of guy that I was saying if the Baseball Hall of Fame wasn't so weirdly restrictive, he should be in there. But but let's look at the guys that that had these kinds of great careers, and I'm trying to think of an example of somebody who just because the power numbers are lacking, um, but they Polarin. have everything else. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess he's, uh, I don't know if he would consider to be a, uh, a Hall of Famer. He, but he's the type of guy right, that right. was not appreciated because he didn't hit that for true. true power. Now, part of it is that home runs are just sexy. Like, they're fun. Ball go far, yay. But like, I, so I think that's part of the problem. Secondly, it's not easy to get that many hits you have to it's way harder to be you have to you to get 200 hits you can't just be a 300 hitter like we've talked about you got to be like a 330 hitter but and, it's it's harder now than it used to be clearly right so i think it's also somewhat of a path of least resistance thing it's a lot easier to increase your power get stronger and try and drive the ball out of the park hit the ball over the damn ship yeah <laughs> then it doesn't matter you could like you know the, the, they were I was, get that one back i, I was in the listening seats. to the radio with uh, with spillbar and they were talking about how like manny machado the third baseman caught like a line drive down the right field line to rob somebody of a hit like what are you supposed to do about that you know that? that in the box score folks that goes l5 yeah, and you're just like, <laughs> what? Why is Manny Machado halfway between the infield and the outfield down the right field line fielding a baseball? Like, yeah, and 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 in the in the game last night uh, that the Mets played, uh, one of the the uh, results of the shift is you had Jeff McNeil, who is a somewhat you know new second baseman, if you will, playing with Lindor, who's an All Star shortstop. Getting in his way, did did McNeil on a ball that was hit to the left side of second base, where both McNeil and Lindor were, by the way, and that was it was awkward, and 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 so Lindor ended up having to try to throw the ball to first base to get the guy on a, on what would be a routine ground ball, not hitting McNeil in the face with the baseball because he was standing right in front of him. I'm surprised there haven't been more defensive miscues, but at the same time, because there's so many guys in those areas, you have to hit the ball in a very particular place to cause that kind of thing to happen. And and it, it exactly and it and it takes look it's just so much about this game and and, and old time fans are, that hate the idea that everything is analytical right we're going to basically do things on the basis of what's working more and what's working less and math will guide us right and, and the shift is just one of those things that you know the the evidence obviously has not come out strongly enough that hitting the ball against the shift the other way and not going for the home run is going to overall de- uh, deliver a better baseball player I think performance I think it's also got to be hard for batters to have that mental switch where some at bats you're trying to come up and drive the ball and you're trying to really focus on bat speed launch ankle exit velocity and then you would have to come up sometimes and be like okay all of that stuff, we're putting that to the side. I'm just going to try and hit it the other way. And I still got Smoltz, Glavin, uh, and Maddox saying chicks dig the long ball in my mind, thinking that that was one of the greatest plays e- in not, history. Not even that. What you got is your agent in your ear telling <laughs> yes. you, you hit 40 home runs this year. You're I getting can get a you lot the money. Of, you're getting a lot of money. I can get you the money. I, and I, so you will be like, you know what? Let me go for it. Yeah, and, and I just don't – You don't think Michael Conforto's thinking he gets a much bigger extension this offseason if he can hit 40 home runs as opposed to he hits 320 and drives the ball the other way a whole bunch? I'm not going to put it together with start of thing. So it, let's say you had a, a guy he hit 231 
41 homers, 109 RBIs. Is that a great season? He had an OBA of uh, on-base percentage of, you know, 320. So the, the problem 310. is in a vacuum, no. On the right team, that might be valuable depending on what is – For the team itself in that, con- in that, in that context. context. But for a player, no. I would much rather have a guy that hit 300 – 15 to 20 home runs and drove in 80. Like Whit Merrifield. Like Whit Merrifield. I would much rather have Whit Merrifield than Joey Gallo. Yeah. But that's in a pure vacuum because I don't know what else is around my team because you know what? Having a Joey Gallo on your team, if you need that power, is valuable because unlike any other play in baseball, the guy just puts the wood to the bat and you score runs. Right, right. And 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 just fans don't really value it. In fact, the fact that we have to go back and look to see who's had 200 hits, it's something that we don't value enough. And 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 granted we we talk more about uh, ops and ops plus uh and and all those advanced stats that help us understand the true nature of a player's performance, but 200 hits is still a pretty good barometer of something good happening on the baseball field. Right. It's like the same thing as 3000 hits in your career. You can't really compile to get there. No, you just got to have 15 straight seasons at 200 hits. Yeah. That's that's (laughs) super easy for everybody out there. That's the thing. So I think that's where it comes down to is that it's also – hits in of themselves aren't sexy. So like having the guy that gets a bunch of singles – like there's only been $100,000 singles player. Right. Well, no, he was the first. He was the first. He was the first. But there's not a lot of them. Well, there's a lot of guys that have made millions of dollars because they hit And, and we've got ball. Major League Baseball doing all this wacky stuff, right? Which I, I actually personally am in favor of testing. You know, want to test weird ideas? Do it in the minor leagues. Yeah. You know, you want to have a home run derby in the Pioneer League? You can do that. You That's know what? Uh, unrelated to that, good on the Mets organization and uh, – Cohen for finally letting the uh, minor league affiliate use their spring training facility in Florida. Totally unrelated to this, but man, the Wilpon sucked. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I think that these, these 200 hit seasons are, are, are going to be hopefully reevaluated and thinking that this is a more important thing than, than we have been giving it credit for. Um, And, and the shift is right there for us to say, we can have people do this. All they need to do, as you said, is make the mental shift. So what what I think you're going to see is a team, because it's going to take a while. I don't think it's going to be a quick shift. Some team that's doing badly right now is going to think that way. They're going to think, They're going to do what the Royals did and go, okay, we don't have the money to compete to sign all the biggest home run guys. How are we going to compete? Well, what if we just played it differently than everybody else? What if we went out and got all the – Collectively. Now, the problem is if you have a bunch of guys capable of hitting the ball the other way, they're just not going to play the shift against you. And and it's funny. You took the words right out of your mouth. So I'm thinking the problem, I guess, will be that you're still facing guys throwing 95 to 100 most of the time. And you think it's easy to say, okay, this time I'm going to just serve it out the left field. This time I'm going to pull it down the right field. It's not that easy. easy. (laughs) So I think that's the problem is it's not something you can – turn like stylistically you can turn off. On and off as much. It's approach, though. It's approach, but you have. I think it's the kind of thing that needs to be a team wide approach. One individual doing it, I think it's too hard for him to replicate that on a daily basis. And the players. So I, I'm a big believer in Major League Baseball talent. These players can do it. They can. They can. They're that good that they can make these adjustments. They just. I don't know. I don't want. It's not being lazy. That's the wrong Stubborn. word. I want to use. 
It's, it, they're not getting paid for it. I think it's. I think it's. Yeah. Just, <laughs> and I don't blame them. I'm sorry if I knew I could make a lot more money by hitting the ball over the fence, I would totally do it. So and and when you're frustrated by a thing like the shift, and you're thinking, well, I I I'm, it's not easy for me to hit the ball the other way. It's much easier for me to try to get launch angle and hit it the feel, ball it, over the fence. That's my normal swing. That's where I drive the ball. And I know if I just do it right, I'm locked in. I'm going to drive the ball over everybody. Doesn't matter. So where maybe they I'll I'll hit 24 home runs instead of 16, but I'm going to hit uh, 260 instead of 280 yeah right right and i'll, I'll have a, a 180 hits or 170 hits instead of 200 hits yeah and i also have an extra 10 million dollars. yeah that's the problem thanks for listening subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and you can follow us on twitter at almost cool